Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Right now, in a galaxy very near in Southern California, four normies gather to discuss the Skywalker saga in anticipation of its closure. It's the start of Starvember and Warsember. It's the Phantom Menace on Normies Like Us. I have a bad feeling about this. Are you an angel? Your slave? You will be a Jedi, I promise. We will watch your career with great interest. Here is the path to the darkest side. There's always a bigger fish. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? This is not good. We're back. It's Normies Like Us. And uh, like we said up top, this podcast is coming to you near and dear, not in a galaxy far, far away, or in the past, or in the future, or, you know, wh- whatever they're saying that's happening in space. Because, guys, we're talking <laughs> Star Wars. It's episode one with your host, me, Colin. Mikey Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan <laughs> Kamiki. Uh, Qui-Gon Joe. Nice. Uh, this is Jacob, uh, the president of the Sebalba fan club right here. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, All right, so Sebulba. I'll backtrack. I'll be Call Baca. How's that sound, guys? Oh, there you go. That's a good callback, yeah. I'm the president of the Sebalba fan club. <laughs> I like that a lot. Perfect. It's Phantom Menace, guys. Episode one talk. Yeah, the Phantom Menace. Ooh. Oh, the best yeah. first Star Wars ever. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll start on that foot. Well, let me ask you guys, since we're jumping into the Phantom Menace, we're doing uh, Normies, as Colin said in the intro, Starvember and Warsember. You'll you'll learn it by the end of this because you'll be hearing it for about nine weeks straight. Um, and we're excited. We're going to be breaking down every one of the uh, Star Wars core films. We're not going to do Rogue One. We've done Solo in the past. So I was thinking uh, about that, ask- Mike. Yeah, we have done Solo. It's like, oh, if we did one more, we'd have them all knocked out. But no, 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 no. Yeah, Skywalker all. Saga. So, Phantom Minutes, I want to ask you guys, when was the last time you've seen this uh, coming up to prepare for this episode? Because I watched it uh, over the weekend uh, with a couple libations, let's say. So, I watched it today. I watched it earlier today in preparation for this. Uh, well, I got, I got through most of it. But, yeah, there's a lot I forgot about this movie. So, What do you think before right. that, Jacob? How long it had it been? Oh, um, I mean, who can even say years probably, but, um, no, I mean, when I started it, like all the nostalgia just came back. I mean, this is really the most, like, like I think revenge of the Sith is a better movie, but of the prequels, I'm the most nostalgic for this movie because I saw it in theaters when I was a kid and I just loved it. And so much, so many scenes and, and things in the movie is just so ingrained in my memory, but there's also a lot I forgot. So it's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, so Joe, Colin, when did you guys last see this one? Uh, this one's a yearly watch for me, man. Uh, the last time mm. I did the Skywalker saga so far was in February. And the last time I watched Duel of the Fates was in July. You just threw that scene on. Oh, yeah, man. This is um, most of the time that I watch the prequel, I do one of the nine million supercuts. And okay. this That's one, I think, out. is... <laughs> the like it's my it's got all my favorite parts in the supercut because it's one of my favorite parts of the the prequels. It's always a fun thing to throw on for the Force of July. Oh, there Colin. you go. <laughs> when was Force the last time of July? Ah, that's interesting, Mike. So to oh, me, he was I would so ready to that, make that pun. I think I invented that just now. <laughs> it, ready with the dad jokes. Ready with the uh, the <laughs> emperor jokes. We'll say for this. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say 
are these summer movies to you guys? Maybe it's because they have changed to Christmas releases with the new ones. To me, I kind of alternate my November-December months with one-year Harry Potter, one-year Star Wars. Oh, that's a good call. Uh, to me, they're free-time movies. Like, if I have a weekend where I'm going to be home all weekend, I'm watching the Star Wars. The Indiana Jones, kind of a nostalgia, yeah. you know. What, yeah, what are, yeah, you know, what are the other run-throughs? Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, like, those are the three big ones. But Star Wars, you know, you essentially have, like, two trilogies and uh, and then the newer ones. We're working ones. on a third. Yeah, and we're old enough. I mean, we can say, and, you know, go back and listen, Normies, because we talked about it in our original Star Wars episode as well. But we were all old enough to do the re-releases in theaters. We've seen the new ones. And guys, like Jacob said, we saw this one. I mean, do you guys have memories? Me, personally, it was where I met my stepbrother and stepsister for the first time. Like, my dad introduced us at the Phantom Menace premiere. We're like, oh, yeah, this is great. (laughs) So, yeah, I just have that memory tied. It's like Star Wars is family. Yeah, if that's have, not a team building, I don't know what is. <laughs> I have a really vivid memory of when I saw this uh, in theaters originally. And uh, afterwards, I remember I went with my family to Outback Steakhouse. And I sat at the bar. And, you know, they have like big mugs. So I got of like a mug beer? of root beer. And I was just drinking. I was just Same pretending like I was at a bar in Tatooine. It's just a very vivid memory that I have. <laughs> yeah. Good times. I saw this one in theaters as well. Um I remember loving it, you know, because like I had seen A New Hope during the re-releases in theaters. That's the only original trilogy I saw in theaters. But up to that point, like I had basically been watching the originals on VHS on repeat. So to finally get like a new Star Wars was was huge. And just real quick, were we primed then, guys? Because, you know, with that youthful innocence where the, the cynicism of adults was like, oh, you guys are going to hate this, blah, 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 all the new special effects. Us having seen the re-releases, it's like, I already know that the sand pit monster, you know, in Tatooine, like, has weird new tentacles. Yeah. By the time I saw the movie for the first time, I already had the first wave of action figures. I had already created a a narrative in my head, a relationship that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had, who the main heroes were going to be, who the villains were going to be. Of course, not a lot of that was right, but, like... I already knew I loved this movie before I saw it. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And, you know, as we talked to in, uh, in earlier Star Wars episodes, the toy sales really kind of drive the franchise in certain ways. So it's interesting that you had those first and uh, your imagination just ran wild until you finally saw it. I think um, that leads Midnight to... Toys release. Yeah. Right. I think that leads uh, smoothly into uh, this next question. I think that'd be a good one before we jump into it is, what do you think about it now? And um, that's what I want to do. Let's start with Colin. It's hard because you literally just talked about the merchandising and my memory jumped to the laser tag birthday party I had the year Phantom Menace came out where everybody was just getting me Naboo fighter jet Lego sets like one after the other. Um, <laughs> so it is hard to be distant on this mic. How can you be objective, right? Uh, I... I think that a lot of people are right that the politics and stuff is boring. I'm going to be a little harsher through this episode than maybe you guys will, but uh, I like it. It's still a good movie at the end of the day. It's because it's a movie. It feels like a blockbuster movie. Oof. Okay. All right, let's go around the horn here. Jacob. Yeah. What do you think about it now? Um... I mean, like I said, I still have a lot of nostalgia for it. So based on those nostalgic feelings, I still really like it. But objectively, I don't think it's a very good movie. 
obviously, but I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the time, I mean, I think the effects and stuff for the time still really hold up. I mean, they, if this movie was made today, I would say, Oh, those effects look like crap. But I mean, obviously advancements have been made since that movie came out. And when that movie came out, I think those were pretty cutting edge for the time. Right. Yeah. Sounds about right. And Joe, uh, you, you know, we're, it holds up now? We're, we're talking a lot about nostalgia, and I think that's because, first and foremost, Star Wars is for children. We were children when we saw it. Um, I yeah. think all of the prequels are really bad movies, and this is the best of those bad movies. Huh. Wow. Interesting. Uh, if I could, yeah, I wanted to uh, add on to what you were saying, Joe, because like... Um, The thing is, these movies are for kids, but when I was watching Phantom Menace, I realized, so like about half the scenes are like really dumb stuff that kids would find funny, like Jar Jar Binks and stuff. And then the other half is really boring political talk that kids wouldn't understand at all, like trade federations and all this stuff. So it's your senses got to like calm down after you just saw a pod race. Like kids are sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. About that for the next 10 minutes. (laughs) So it's just a really weird mix of like, Stuff that's like ostensibly for adults that kids wouldn't understand and then and stuff for kids. So, Right. Well, if I can go ahead and weigh in too, I am of the camp that I don't think any of the prequels are that good, but I think this is the weakest of them. I think uh, I have the inverse order that Joe has. Maybe I think Revenge of the Sith is maybe I don't know his order, but I think eh, Revenge I of the Sith I'm is the best of the prequels. And this is the worst of almost any star wars movie and we'll get there in a almost. couple of weeks <laughs> hey, hey, so real quick let's we'll just say there. listeners uh we're hoping to have some cool new guests on this uh you know some repeat friends too but uh if you guys are excited you know this is going to be us talking star wars this is going to be us with a lot of different point of views on star wars so again guys i'm excited let's get into it We're back. We're talking the movies. We're talking Phantom Menace, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Uh, I'll just ask you guys up top, what do you think about that dumb title, in my opinion, Joe? Do you like The Phantom Menace? Uh, I don't like... The only title in the prequels that I like is Revenge of the Sith. I think The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones are both of, like, probably the worst titles. I would say it's the second worst solo, or uh, second worst title ever, first being Attack of the Clones. I mean, it's like afterwards you're like, oh, the Phantom Menace is this. But like when we saw it, it was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know, Joe. I'm going to have to disagree. I think the Phantom Menace is fairly strong of a title. It has uh, it's evocative words, the Phantom Menace. I don't know. It works for me. And it does allude to kind of the greater twist, you know. I like the Phantom Menace as a title. Wow, um, I guess I was going to ask, what is the Phantom Menace? But you guys seem so confident. It's just talking about how the Emperor is just not the Emperor yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I thought Darth Maul was the Phantom Menace. That's what you're yeah, supposed I could to buy think, that like, too. on surface level. Uh, well, what do you, you think of the title then, yeah, Jacob? Do you like that, Jacob? Phantom Menace. Uh, no, it doesn't really make sense to me. All right. 
I think that is a good call, Colin, to every one of these. Let's ask, how do we feel about the title? So we should reserve you know, talking about we're gonna in end depth up, other There's titles. so much judgment for the latest one that's coming out. So yeah, it's it's interesting, Mike. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like the previous one just because they've never reused a word before, but I'll, I'll get there later. Anyway, Phantom Menace works for me. Doesn't work for Joe. Doesn't work for Jacob. Colin, where do you land? Nah, I, I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't like it. The Phantom Menace. Again, if you stack them up next to <laughs> so all the other ones, it's, it's seeming like, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, yeah, most of the other ones are like describing, like they have nouns from like, you know, Sith, Jedi, Skywalker, Phantom Clone. Menace. That's just two words put together, you know. Menace well, is a new hope. semi-generic. True. Yeah, I guess, but that's the first one and they name that after right because at first it was just called star wars Star Wars. well they're like poetry and they rhyme so then this first one has a downer (laughs) title that's uh that's the first their poetry and their rhyme normies (laughs) keep out a a (laughs) tally for the next uh, nine episodes how many we're at one you You can take a bet now and if you're right on twitter we'll we'll send you an autographed white sheet of paper so I asked you guys in the notes for this, like, do we want to go through the actual plot of it? You know, it's interesting. Again, normies listening to this. I guess, you know, let's do the niche in the normie. Like, if you haven't seen episode one, you are you are super niche. Because I would say, again, Star Wars is the most normie thing we've ever covered, guys. Which oh, we've yeah. said among a lot of other topics. But yeah, I think, especially if you're listening to this, you're probably a Star Wars fan. This was likely the first one that you saw in theaters much like us and you know you probably have strong opinions about it strong feelings or nostalgia towards it um i think a simple way would just be bullet point through the plot if i may it's essentially we need to set up the democracy they need to get to tatooine and meet anakin at which point there's a pod race scene and then it leads to like the big battle like there's really only three main beats in the plot um it's pretty that's straightforward. Pretty much as simply as you can put it, yeah. And yeah. all the trade federation, all the embargoes, all that stuff in the background, the political intrigue, Mike, none of that referenced in those three bullet points. I love that. Well, that leads to the big battle because we need to create a false flag attack somehow. Well, and this is like so setting... Well, hold on. Are you saying Naboo was an inside job? <laughs> uh, I believe it certainly was. The battle for Naboo was an inside job. And it was. I mean, we, we learned about well, the Chancellor whole- Valorum. The whole inciting incident for like Al- Emperor's Palpatine's plan, like it's all very complicated. When it, I feel like it could have been simpler, but you know, I guess they got to pad the movie out. You know. Well, if I can simplify, essentially his plan was manipulate the Trade Federation as the emp- Emperor to get them to attack Naboo so that he can get emergency powers to then take over and create the Empire. Done. That's right. that's what happens. That was and then Darth meanwhile, Sidious's Anakin goal. is located. Mm-hmm. And Sidious is using Darth Maul to influence the Trade Federation. And make sure you get Jar Jar Binks as a senator so he can cast a deciding vote in that. But that's next movie, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what we're setting God. up. is kind of the destabilization of the Republic so power can be taken over by Valorum, a.k.a. Spoiler alert, Emperor Palpatine. And one of the but, coolest things about the opening of this movie is like right out the gate you see force speed, force jump, uh, force breathing, push. I guess I'll call it force push. I mean, it's like in the first in the original movies, which is anything all that people had seen. It's like you get Luke, he pulls a lightsaber to him once, and then force lightning. Like you don't really get a ton of that. This one, first ten minutes, you've got explosions, force superpowers. 
uh, and like crazy lightsaber tricks. I think that is a good opening because it really sets up Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's kind of dynamic, the master, the Padawan relationship. And just you see some sick Jedi stuff. They cut through the door with the lightsaber. You really see like stuff you would only imagine happening, you know, Um, stuff we'd all played before, but never seen on screen. It's right out the gate, they get to it. So that's a strength. Calling that the opening, because you are forgetting that these are Star Wars movies. So what is the opening? Of course, a crazy crawl, uh, and we get oh. this where it's <laughs> oh, saying true. Episode One. I mean, it's saying Phantom Menace Episode One, guys. That's insane. It's rolling up like that alone is blowing my mind as a little kid. I'm probably not even reading what it's saying right after that. No, just, probably I'm only seeing the words Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, zeroing in on that for sure. Yeah, because it's like I, I think I think they refer to them as two Jedi Knights, and I remember seeing that and being like, Whoa. "Oh my god, there's there's more than one Jedi out there." Here we go. Yeah, and then just right into it, we see the droids plot to poison, assassinate yes. them, and but you see droids, Mike, that aren't um, dudes in tinfoil suits moving very slowly, or uh, things getting their feet tickled by Jawas, which again, we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, you see like <laughs> crazy CGI battle droids, which were really not part of the universe yet. Which is like an interesting technological like conundrum that is created by these, where if we're only like 20 years or so after the events of the prequel trilogy and the main trilogy what happened to the whole used future where we go from everything is chrome to now like we have like nothing so that's a weird thing about the aesthetics but as a kid like you're just like this is awesome well those aesthetics make sense to me in the long run though because you're gonna watch the trade federation get wiped out you're gonna watch the people who created that fall so of course their technology doesn't matter anymore it's the people in charge's technology and we're spending a lot of time um, in Tatooine and out in the boonies, I guess, um, yeah. in the original trilogy. So it makes sense. They're kind of removed from those government centers. We never really see the center of the empire. Yeah, I just, I just think the timeline doesn't really make sense because it goes from Coruscant, the shining city to like 20 years later, like everything's like, you know, way older and rustier and like falling apart, basically, you know. But we haven't revisited that that planet ever so who knows maybe it's right but yeah but i just think like it's 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 part of the problem of making prequels right because you already made the original so you can't really change things about the original so you have to try to make the prequel fit um you know what it will become but i don't know like the star trek discovery problem why does it look better when it's set before kirk right it doesn't make sense but you got to kind of just go with it suspend your disbelief we are talking star wars um i mean i'm checking over these notes here um do we want to mention some of like these new characters introduced in this? We mentioned there's two Jedi Knights, but like there's some notables added in here. Some of them longer lasting than others uh, throughout the series. But yeah, let's run through them, man. The main characters of the Phantom Menace. All right. Well, we got obviously introducing Qui-Gon Jinn and young Obi-Wan Kenobi, who we're familiar with. Yeah, you can't say um, introducing Obi-Wan, which is kind of, you know, the the catch of just kind of this one. There's not too many other characters where they're like, I guess Yoda in this one as well. But otherwise, you're right, Mike. Like, Qui-Gon Jinn and Ben Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, not Ben Kenobi yet. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about them. Let's give them their due real quick, because would we all go around and say real quick, these two are the best part of this movie no matter what? Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite Jedi. 
Wow. I didn't even... Obi-Wan is my favorite. And I think the prequels, my favorite thing about them is Obi-Wan and his arc. And so, yeah, I get to see him with his Padawan braid. And this is the start for that. Jacob, I actually Qui-Gon don't like... And Obi-Wan. I don't like Obi-Wan in this movie, but I like Qui-Gon. Whoa. I think Obi-Wan, he doesn't really have much to do in this movie, but he, I think he grows a lot in the second and third ones. It's just kind of... He's like, you know, the... the um, novice to Qui-Gon obviously but and then he's like well why do we have to you know take this kid with us and then Qui-Gon's like oh let's take the kid I don't know he Jacob, does spend a lot of time just waiting on the ship during the pod race in Colin yeah. sorry Jacob do you like how they kind of figured out the buddy cop dynamic of it though yeah like in the opening scene when they're meeting at the trade federation stuff that scene's really cool and like shows their relationship really well I think um I just think overall, Obi-Wan doesn't get a ton to do in this movie, but obviously he does later on. I'm a little biased because I was thinking about this, guys. Think about the master-student relationship going down the line of Star Wars movies. You get A New Hope where a young kid and an old guy who can barely move and who's kind of barely in the movie (laughs) is like, you're a wizard, Harry, let's do it. Uh, And then Mm. from there, he's just teamed up with a green goblin. So to see two humanoids kind of back-to-back and like I said, buddy cop energy... Um, the young buck, the old, you know, steady hand. I think this is kind of the only time they figure it out. And I, I just think it's the best relationships in Star Wars. Joe, how how do you not agree with me, right? Oh, I do, man. And like, I the reason I love Qui-Gon is because they set him up in such a mysterious way where it's like, you were trained by Yoda. You're one of the fucking best. But also you're like the bad boy of Jedi Masters. Ooh. You're not going to join the council. Like Obi-Wan's like, you could be on the council. And he's like, yeah, fuck that shit. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to take this little kid. I follow my head more than, you know, or my heart more than my head. Like, unlike some of the other Jedi. And like, you see that rub off on Obi-Wan throughout the his growth as a character, but also, you know, like it sets his character up from the beginning. Cause we know what old man Ben is like, and you can see a lot of Qui-Gon in old man Ben. I, I, I would agree with that totally too, especially like kind of taking this role of uh, like a protector and a mentor, especially to young Anakin, even in between a new hope and revenge of the Sith, we know he's kind of keeping an eye on young Luke. So you definitely kind of get that vibe or that responsibility in that uh, old man, crafty veteran reservation. And yeah, this is the first time we've seen the buddy cop dynamic. And even in the opening of the next film, they do the same thing. Just now we're setting up who uh, Obi-Wan is as a master. But we'll, we'll talk right. about that next week. But they do kind of do it again anyway. And they're like poetry. They rhyme. So it works for me. <laughs> That's two. <laughs> market, market Norby's. Uh, let's keep me. going then. <laughs> let's go with the love interest. Let's go with the wild, cool love interest. You've got young Natalie Portman playing Padme Amidala, uh, the queen of Naboo, the empress. What do they call her? It's a twist. She's the queen. The queen. The queen oh, of wow. the democra, the Democratic Republic. I God, guys, again, I <laughs> well, just, it's like George like Lucas. England, what were you smoking? Right? I guess that's true. You're right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The queen's more of like a figurehead, and they still have like a senator. Or whatever. And then Valorum is more like uh, the Tony Blair or the uh, yeah. yeah. The it's Prime interesting uh, that you call her the love interest because I would say this is the one Star Wars movie where there is no romance at Ooh, all. Interesting. Well, that is jumping ahead a bit. I think yeah. it's kind of it's it's kind of creepy how in retrospect how they made Anakin Thank so much you. younger than her in this movie. Are like, you just an watching angel? It, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how dare you say there's no <laughs> romantic interest when a kid looks at a woman and says, are you an angel? And she blushes and it's like, oh, Yippee. well, no, you, you shouldn't be affected by that. Yippee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not good. In a, in a vacuum, right? It just seems like, oh, she's being sweet to the kid. But knowing where the story goes, it's like, now I take a second take like when she gives them those looks and it makes me kind now of that's what yeah, i call yeah. pedophilia that's so, that's no. watching in retrospect man but yeah it's weird in attack of the clones where she's like what a big boy you've become and he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Anakin, <laughs> essentially anakin's like that kid like if you had a crush on your babysitter when you were a kid and then you grow up a little bit and then you're like yo i'm what gonna up? bang my babysitter <laughs> right yeah that's anakin so you heard i'm 18 now and, right <laughs> I'm going to be Darth Vader one day. Um, so also, yeah, I guess so. we have Padme, right? So let's let's talk a little bit about her besides the, uh, the creep factor, right? How is she in this movie? Everybody focuses She's on fine. the Kira Knightley handmaiden, you know, cameo stuff. And I feel like nobody talks about Natalie Portman's acting. She was going to college. She was a child actress. You know, I think she's doing some of the best stuff in this series and getting directions from George Lucas, who's like, look beautiful. Yes. Look at him yeah. like he's beautiful, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, she did fine with the material she was given. Like, it does, like Padme's character, like, I'm not really sure, like, what her character is supposed to be. Like, what she doesn't is, really yeah. ha- seem to have a lot of personality, but I think she does the best she can with what she's given. I think this movie has her best performances she of feels... the Star Wars ones, not in general. Yeah, <laughs> like, no Black Swan. Black Swan, forget done. it. <laughs> yeah, she's reserved here. She 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 does um, what she needs to, which is talk politics and you know, fire lasers. That's much it. A lot of mean. We don't have time for this, Commander. Man. Yeah. <laughs> During the please hurry. And, and you're talking characters. Her bodyguard, Joe. We've heard you talk about this. How you had his action figure. But as a kid, you're like, oh, that guy's gonna be in two more movies. I bet he's the Han Solo of this series. And then uh, to yeah, never Rick see O'Lay. him again. Oh mm-hmm. God. Yeah. yeah, his name is Rick Lee, and uh, he was in Wave One of the action figures for some reason. And I was like, all right, this guy's a badass Naboo pilot. He's my new favorite character. Let's go see the movie. I only know his name because it was on the box. I did this rewatch with friend of the the show, Adam. um, And he mentioned the exact same thing. How he's like, I thought this character was going to be so cool, man. And he just never existed again. Which, so. which character are you guys talking about? The guy who's he's, in the weird I maroon. He's, name, he's, Joe. Got, he's got like a driver's hat. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like... Oh, is he isn't like the he captain like, of the guard of the Naboo? He's Nabu the captain people? of the yeah, guard, the but Jacob, guard. doesn't he feel no, like space driving Miss Daisy? <laughs> Where he's like, let me get <laughs> yeah. you around there, Miss yeah. Natalie. There's no, a lot you're of people that are like in queen amidala's entourage like the old guy with like the white beard and stuff that i have no idea yes. who they are that's or rick olay oh the white beard guy no oh, the no, old guy mind. joe no no no. that's a guy yeah. who you know the as a kid if, if we're just talking like um trying to understand plot stuff it really didn't mean anything to me because again the emperor gets introduced in the third one that we had seen it doesn't mean anything to me that one of these people might be the emperor so that old guy with the goatee i remember thinking like oh is that the guy like i don't even know what's going on well this oh, was actually what i was talking? wondering um, so, you know, they call him Senator Palpatine in this movie, 
Was that already, was that, um, before this movie came out, did people know that his name was Emperor Palpatine? So they were already knew that the Senator was going to become the emperor or was that sort of he a twist? He was just the emperor. Okay. Cause I didn't remember it cause I was too young, but, um, now I obviously like people know that he's called Emperor Palpatine or whatever. Is it the while same guy? This, uh, while we're yeah, no. Ian McDiarmid. Well, they they retroactively added yeah, they him into retroactively the retroactively made him the same guy. Yeah. but he was. Oh. Um, yes. While we're going on a weird tangent of side characters and who they go on to be, Captain Planonka, who is the black dude who's with them, he's the captain of the guards. Uh, he goes on to be a stormtrooper, like a, an imperial commander. So that guy grows oh. up to be a Nazi. Huh. So that's, he stays that's with who the I thought organization. you were. Yeah, that's yeah, who that's I thought the guy you were I was talking, talking about. about Rick Olay or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rick Olay is the the pilot who's flying the ship when they go to Naboo who only serves the purpose to introduce another legacy character, R2. Oh, he's that's flying the right. ship and he's like, send out the astromech droids. And uh, then R2 I literally, is, of course. I literally the, watched this movie earlier today and I still don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, but that's Rick right. Olay. <laughs> Rick Olay, dog. Is this Olay? A, we should name this the Rick Olay podcast, right? <laughs> it could be Ollie. I don't know. I mean, it's not like Rick they Olay. ever say his name. It has a little... Uh, accent above Attilde the spelling, so it's okay. probably Olay, yeah. And if we're talking Natalie Portman, that would be uh, Matilde, you know, oh. professional oh. reference. Um, I think then, moving on to other characters that were introduced here, like um, you said R2-D2, in retrospect, maybe the most important character in the, trill- in the history of Star Wars, because he's been around since everything. That's why we wiped their memories, whatever. C-3PO makes his debut, and he'll be a good segue into the next main oh, player. Yeah. But he's walking around C-3PO? like a slut the whole time, naked. <laughs> oh, man. Here's what I don't get about C-3PO. Protocol droids are being manufactured somewhere in right. mass. So is this like a Shelby Cobra like kit droid? Like he sent away for it and put them together? It must be, because he didn't invent protocol droids. Like, they already exist, obviously. No, no, but he knows what they are, and I think the point is to show you that he's a genius because he's building the pod racer. So I think mm-hmm. the point is to be yeah. like, I've scrapped together these parts. Uh, yeah. I would say the I equivalent mean, could, like, is... build a motorcycle by getting exactly. a fender he's, from he's one. He's a guy who bought a computer shell, and he's like, I run Linux on this bad boy, and we're all like, oh... <laughs> Well, yeah, that's oh, what I'm wondering, too, cool is because, like, you know, in the originals, C-3PO is like, oh, I can speak one billion different languages. So Anakin programmed him to be able to speak all those different languages? Is that what I'm Maybe. Yeah, Anakin believe? don't know them languages. <laughs> well, you got to think but he you, goes on to be in service of uh, Padme and then Leia. Right. But when he yeah, introduces him, he said, I, oh. I built him to help my mother out. But then when C-3PO wakes up, She's he goes, a slave. oh, human cyborg relations. So he programmed him to do all that. I don't Wait, know. you think well, he made like him to fuck her? Is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Is that <laughs> no, Anakin Dana Skywalker that, made C-3PO to fuck Shmi Skywalker? <laughs> Is that what you are saying <laughs> to me right now, Jacob? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Oh, oh, good heavens. What, what am I doing in this shower with you? Darth Vader does end up becoming part machine, so maybe... Uh, oh, the language Lord. I love is the, the one he Anyway, knows. it's just weird. I guess he downloaded the protocol droid, like, base OS. He didn't pay to unlock it. It was, like, the student version, and later they upgraded it. I don't know. Hey, let's hold on to this, to... though. Oh, let me let me mm. stop you real quick, Mike, because as we I'm do done. these podcasts... You're done. I'm shooting you. I shoot first. Uh, we'll talk about that also uh, later. 
Um, as we do these podcasts, we're going to get three different looks. We're going to get what I call the Richter set uh, uh, C-3PO, this one, mm-hmm. C-3PO and Red Arm. So, guys, do you have a favorite? Red Mine's arm. normal. I, I don't like this C-3PO. Do you guys, Mike, do you like this C-3PO? No, no, the not Skinless C-3PO? Ugh. It's creepy to me. Have no. seen the movie? <laughs> yeah. I don't like any C-3PO. Wow, there nah. you go. <laughs> I, I like regular. Red Arm, get out of here. Sorry, I apologize. You were about to take us to his creator, maybe? Yeah, well, this is uh, really probably one of the most divisive, but I, you know, fuck that. No, it's not. It's nowhere near the most divisive character. Let's talk about Anakin, though. (laughs) That title's reserved for somebody else. Well, this is the thing that really stood out for me when I just rewatched it today. I, I didn't, I knew that like, you know, Jake Lloyd had a bad reputation as like not being a good actor and everything. I forgot just how bad he is in this movie. (laughs) Literally every line that Anakin says in this movie I don't believe it. Like, does, it sounds so bad to me. <laughs> do we each have that we could go around a favorite Anakin line from this movie? <laughs> I Yeah, I almost wonder. I agree with Jacob. It's almost like every one of them ends with a question mark. We said, are you an angel before? And I, I'll, I'm sorry if that burns somebody's. But uh, when he's talking to R2 and he's like, but how do I do this? How do I do that? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. just, you're just yeah. like, just shut the fuck up, kid. Yeah, I'll try really spinning. Has, yeah. That's a good trick. Thank you. <laughs> he really has, yeah, the the tenets of of you know bad kid acting, where he every line is like the director just told him how to say it exactly, and then he's like, okay, I'll say it, but he he doesn't understand like the meaning or the emotion <laughs> behind it at all. I mean, if you compare him to someone like Haley Joel Osment or something who was the same age and was a great actor, like when he was a kid, like uh, not, not how a did great he choice not play Anakin? Oh yeah, he I thought they so screen tested him, but you know. Qui-Gon told me to stay in this cockpit, and that's what I'm going to do. Oh, my. I just like, that's a bulb, duh. I just like all the times that he goes, yippee, because he does yippee. that at least four times in that movie. <laughs> he does. He does. But wait so. a minute. Is my mom free, too? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I want to say so there's only like. Darth Vader, guys. I mean, it is. It is, Mike. And there's only like one super crazy kind of Darth Vader character that we're going to talk about next, maybe, who's also introduced in this thing. So let's stay on Anakin for a minute and talk about his world. Child of a slave. On Tatooine Mm -hmm. again. Does it bug you guys to be back on a sand planet like here we are? Doesn't it kind of like this is the only one maybe that they can do it since it's the first time back? No, I I have to say it. Yeah, go ahead. They're like poetry. They rhyme. Shut up. Each of the first <laughs> no, movies Jacob, opens with a child on a sand planet. I I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I mean, even even Force Awakens. The, but, Force Awakens. Um I I like that they go back to Tatooine because you really got to see more of the world building of Tatooine. and you see obviously, you know, pod racing is a is a great uh, addition to the Star Wars universe, I think. Watto. Um, so the guys, yeah, Watto. the guys in A New Hope to all of you, <laughs> you know, the guy who like pushes Luke and like gets mad at him. He doesn't like you, blah, blah, blah. Were they just watching pod racing on the TV? We're supposed to believe that that's all Probably. happening just to the right on Tatooine still. Well, yeah. all the pod racers had died out because the mortality rate is so high. <laughs> they just kept crashing. <laughs> they just ran out of athletes. Nobody wanted to do it anymore. Fucking Tuscan Raiders keep original, shooting you're them not at on it long. Like that? you're only on Tatooine for a little bit in the original one. Like mm-hmm. you go, you go to the cantina, you go to Mos Eisley, and yeah. then you know you go to a burnt farm. That's it. So this is and like, then you yeah, get more in Return of the, of the Jedi. 
I, I think, well, yeah, I'm with Joe, though. This kind of builds out on, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree with it, too. And you see Jabba, you see the Tusken Raiders shooting at him, like Colin said. That's a great little cameo. And you're like, I remember uh, these uh. things. And it's nice. <laughs> it does make Tatooine. And like, yeah, so here we go. It's kids coming up in hardship. And then uh, a little old uh, Jedi squad comes down and discovers a high number of midichlorians. And they save yes. him Changes the because they find Space Jesus because they win a bet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah okay, they use so Space Jesus literally to win a Immaculate bet. Conception, yeah. He's, uh, midichlorians, do you guys man, like the, that? The Force Explained. No, I don't like the Immaculate Conception thing because it's like, uh, I just don't like that's that's the explanation. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's too obviously like a reference to like Jesus or whatever, but it's just very unsubtle. You must have never heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise. <laughs> he could use the Force to influence the Bidichlorians to create. That's right. Left. They're his life. dad. It's not oh. a Macaulay conception, Jacob. Darth Plagueis. And maybe Palpatine created Anakin to become the successor. That's that what the I think is implied by the whole arc of the. Tr- Absolutely, I think that's the theory. Wow, hmm. I never thought about that. That's Anyone else think about that? Is it just me? I no, thought I that never was have. pretty that's widely crazy. accepted that that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. But then if well, if the Emperor was in on it, then he wouldn't he have been keeping tabs on Anakin while he was on Tatooine? What is Chance? What is Palpatine doing the whole time? I, I see a bright future for you, Anakin. We'll be watching you closely. He says that in this movie. Right, but he didn't know of Anakin before Qui-Gon brought him to the... Did you don't know Coruscant. that. True, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think he did. That's uh, an interesting Joe. theory. It's an interesting theory. Joe, will you defend Qui-Gon? You said he's your favorite. He's a little bit of a religious zealot, though, in that he goes to the council and is like, no, 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 I have found the Chosen One. We must follow the tenets of the Jedi. Uh, I mean, yes and no, because the Jedi then are like, no, you can't train him. And he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to train him like this kid's stronger than you. And that scares you. I know we have to train him because he's stronger than us. If we don't train him, someone else will. You know, makes sense. Plus, hey, like with, yeah. him and Shmi, maybe they had a little thing going on. There were some eyes. Oh, maybe there were some eyes. Yeah. I hate Jar Jar had to break the mood with sticking <laughs> his tongue out. Oh, we didn't talk about that fuck yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, interesting yeah, that we haven't. I, I said, I said that Darth Maul was the only character left that we had to talk about. Glaringly leaving out Jar Jar in the corner of the room, going, "What's about Samiza?" Yes, I'm surprised we've made it this long without mentioning him. Yeah, um, cool as Chewbacca, great, right? Great character. Yes. Well, how's about we take a quick break and come in on the other side of this? We're going to be talking everyone's favorite, favorite villain, maybe favorite other villain maybe also coming up next the phantom menaces We're back. We're talking Phantom Menace. We're talking Phantom Jar Jar. 
Uh, Mike, you said greatest uh, hero, greatest villain. People have gone on to write stuff. There are, of course, future books where Jar Jar has gone on to be like a clown. We know in the future movies that he's set up to betray the Senate. Uh, you know, we got to start at his humble beginnings. Jacob, how do you feel about the exiled moron of the Gungan <laughs> clan who is uh, adopted as a slave by two Jedi? <laughs> Well, again, when I, <laughs> oh, yeah, again, when I was, um, you know, rewatching it earlier today, I was struck by how much screen time Jar Jar actually gets and how many lines. Like, I remember as, him as a little bit more of a side character. He's really integral to the whole plot of like Qui Gon and Obi Wan making the war. it through Naboo. He wins the war. Yeah, like yeah. they would not have won the ground battle if it wasn't for <laughs> Jar Jar. Bates. Right. And well, friend of the show, you know, Adam, friend of the show had had this whole theory about, you know, how he's doing that drunken master style of fighting where he's just kind of bumbling around, but like killing everything that, you know, goes into the whole theory that he's actually a a secret Sith Lord or whatever, which I think is fun. But if they really did that, it would be stupid. (laughs) Have you guys heard the Sith Lord Jar Jar theory? Because maybe this is something that's niche that we should kind of briefly. You haven't heard this before, Colin? Tell me, Mike. Joe, do you know about this? Yes. Do you want to give the pitch then? No, you go for it, man. All right, cool. So basically, it's the idea that every time he's bumbling around on accident, it's actually on purpose because he does demonstrate feats of dexterity at certain times, such as when he dives in the water, he does a perfect triple front flip dive. Right. <laughs> so then like, this, even like you guys when have the not general... Me. <laughs> no, no. So, so there's parts where like... The general's like riding alongside him. He's hanging off of the tank and the general's like, here, jump onto this thing. And instead of jumping onto the horse with him, he rips him off on accident. Right. So he's like, he's doing everything he can to sabotage things just enough. Um, And even when he succeeds, it looks like he's an idiot. But he does cast the vote. We'll get into that next time to do the power shift. So I just like the idea. It makes it more watchable to me if I think that in the back of his dumb mind, are these evil machinations. And that's what the Good, theory is. There's yes. a YouTube video on Good. it. <laughs> Misa, I sabotaged the battle, yeah. <laughs> so His inner it's, monologue. Uh, it's out there. That would have been a really crazy twist, though, if they actually went through with oh, that. God. I mean, it would have just blown kids' minds. But. but there's so much massive fan backlash after this one that that's why he has such a reduced role in the following films. Yeah. So uh, he was one of the probably... We thought Ewoks were rough, but he's probably the most polarizing character in the history of Star Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. And the yeah. core of the marketing for episode one before it came out. I mean, they were like, kids are going to love this guy. They did not. Uh, I heard a story recently from a coworker too, who like their buddy was showing all the Star Wars movies. They showed the Phantom Menace to a bunch of kids. And then they asked them after, hey, did you like it? They're like, yeah, we loved it. And they're like, what was your favorite thing? And they're like, Jar Jar is so funny. Like... Hell yeah. yeah I mean, it worked for, for kids, children. Yeah, it, you know, he is funny to kids, I'm sure. Yeah. He's and a clown. Like that goes to what Jacob that's was saying point. earlier. We were but kids when we saw it. Were you a fan of him then? No. My well, brother I was. wasn't, but maybe kids younger than, like, I'm talking like younger exactly. than 10. Babies. Yeah. Am I younger Newborn brother? babies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dangling Basically keys. the dumbest people in the world. <laughs> The amount of times that I did something that made my brother angry and then he threw out a how wooed <laughs> was uh, uncountable after he saw this movie. So Jar Jar, that's that. Now let's talk maybe one of the highlight characters introduced in this and tragically Boss cut Noss. short. Oh. 
<laughs> That's Darth Maul is what Darth I'm Maul. alluding to. Yeah, and when Darth so, Maul has his first scene where he has two lines that he t- says to Emperor, uh, the Emperor, that really fucked me up too because I was like, Wait, that's what Darth Maul's voice sounds like? Because I couldn't remember like what Hello, his voice I'm sounded like. I'm a fancy like British lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you like, are. I thought it would be a little more <laughs> like the sinister. Devil. Yeah, he speaks more in solo than he does in this in this movie. Right, and what and what was like? I wonder if they had more lines for him and they just cut it. But it's just so weird that he literally has two lines in one scene and then like one line later, and that's like the only things he says in the whole movie. I would He's say no, effect. Jacob, exactly, because he was stunt cast as a uh, stunt person. Like, he literally right. went to Ray Park Ray and Park. said, you're doing yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was no way he was going to be like, and also, let's give you a ton of lines. Um, have you guys right. heard the vindictive quote from George Lucas that he did kill Darth Maul because he knew that he would be everyone's favorite character, and he didn't want people to uh, to have that? He was like, no, and I could just take it away from you. Well, he certainly did. I mean, he's a lot cooler than his, you know, eventual replacements like Count Dooku and General Grievous. Like, Darth Maul stands out way above those guys, in my opinion. That's true. Let me go around. Do you think Darth Maul was done dirty, Colin? No, because I would say Jacob just said he's a lot cooler than all of his replacements. I also think he's a lot cooler than all of his proposed futures where everybody's like, but he also has spider legs and he also comes back like this. Like every time I'm like, no, shut up. Yeah, that's a real future. I don't like it. That's canon though. (laughs) Rebels. So Joe, you you think he got done dirty or? No, he's a a one-off villain who has two of the best fight sequences in the, uh, you know, the prequels and, you know, Duel of the Fates is one of the best of the entire saga. So it's hard to say he's done dirty when he's also in every trailer cut showing how cool Star Wars is, is the the reveal of the first double lightsaber. So, yeah, he also, he does have the coolest lightsaber until Kylo Ren came around. Kylo Ren now has the coolest lightsaber, but. Yeah, I would say I, I think he got done dirty because I'm just a huge Darth Maul fan. I like the spider legs. I like the whole, uh, you know, eventual he did get brought back canon. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just like Boba Fett. He's really cool, has a couple lines, throw him into the pit. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. I think, uh, you know, I think we do have potential to see him again. Obviously, in the end of Phantom Menace, he gets cut in half by Obi Wan Kenobi. We now know that Ewan McGregor is coming back to play. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi again in a Disney Plus series. We saw Darth Maul appear as the leader of a shady organization in Solo. Mm -hmm. I am not going to be shocked if we have an episode where we see those two face off again. Even if it's a flashback or something. Yeah. Because in the Rebels TV show, we did see the conclusion of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan's feud. So Yeah. Yeah, he actually gets a pretty cool arc with like the Emperor where... You know, he's a whole brother and everything, too, but that's... Yeah, yeah so if you like brother. Darth Maul, go check out those shows, I would say, Normies. And I think yeah. that's the best service we can do to him, is there is more. He is alive post-Phantom Menace, and if you didn't know that, there's a bunch of cool episodes to watch. And, yeah, check it to out. Keep it to keep it to this episode, um, yeah, is we'll the Duel of comments. Fates your guy's favorite moment in episode one? Like, with the music, with the choreography and everything, like, is that the pinnacle of episode one, maybe of Star Wars? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's the pinnacle of the movie. I believe there are only two watchable scenes in this movie, right? Objectively good across the board. And that's me being pretty honest with myself about how I feel. And Duel of the Fates is fantastic. It's sick choreography. 
it's it's awesome. And again, poetry, they rhyme. In every first film, a beloved mentor character kind of passes the torch or makes the ultimate sacrifice. And we had that right here. It's um it's great choreography and it doesn't go too far, if that makes sense. Like I think some Mustafar. of the other prequel fights, yeah, like Mustafar <laughs> and even stuff in Attack of the Clones we'll get to. It just like crosses the line into silly. Uh, mm-hmm. Duel of the Fates is tense the entire time. It does not feel like a silly fight. When the doors kind of close over and they're just staring at each other, waiting oh, to yeah. face off again, that's great tension, man. Like even watching it now, like I, I still get hella into it. You got Darth Maul pacing. Meanwhile, the Jedi just sit and meditate, showing yeah. the differences between the rage and the calm. Like so tight. Yeah, I think hands down is the best lightsaber fight in Star Wars history. Um, and it really shows how badass Darth Maul is because he's fighting two on one and he's fighting yes. two good fighters, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, who are like, you know, earlier shown as like complete badasses. So he's fighting them both at the same time. Like that's that was so cool when I was a kid. Colin that you're kind of on board. This is like the pinnacle. You pitched the question, but I didn't get your I'm response. on board with it. Um, I like what you guys all just said. And Joe, I like how you said it didn't go too far. But you guys are reminded up until that point, like the battles we have seen are a super old guy and a bodybuilder in a black metal suit, you know, going whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And then yeah. that old man turns into robes. And Luke Skywalker, like obviously Mark Hamill did a lot of really cool choreography, but... Uh, nothing like duel of fates right no i mean no. like it really sells the the line in a new hope where he says oh more civilized weapon for a more civilized time like that fight is fucking elegant mm-hmm. wow i love and it dude it, it like lives up to like joseph what we imagine with our action figures you know we saw luke with the mile wide kick uh in return of the jedi and stuff like it was some questionable choreography but this lived up to the hype of what you thought a lightsaber duel could and should be. And if that was your first Star Wars movie in the theaters, you don't care about the politics at that point. You finish on that high note, you love the movie, you know? And that's how I felt. As once I saw that fight, Mike, this you're so the right. The ace in the sleeve is like, well, the last scene of the movie will be the best scene. <laughs> you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> Amazing music. It's probably the best Star Wars song, which is hard to say. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that because... Darth Vader's theme is very strong, even just the main theme, but Duel of the Fates, my God. It still elicits a a visceral reaction from us from just seeing it when we were kids, man. Like, I remember really being on the edge of my seat. Like, you know, now we know they're like poetry and their rhyme, but when I'm 13 and Qui-Gon gets it, I'm like, oh my God, like anything can happen. This isn't watching Star Wars for the 10 millionth time where I know what's going to happen. I mean, as much as I've been... Uh, seemingly shitting on the their like poetry, they rhyme thing. I do appreciate that they at least followed through with that in the new trilogy up to so far. Like first movie, mentors got to sacrifice something. Carry like I'm okay with that because if they're gonna rhyme, they might as well rhyme through all three stanzas. Um, hey, real quick, just because I mentioned. Oh yeah, the, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Mike. Just real quick, because I mentioned the ace up our sleeves. Let's talk about the mace up their sleeves, because if we don't oh, mention true. the one black character in the prequel series, we probably will get some flack. That's so just not true. real quick. <laughs> oh, it's not? It's the captain of the guards. Well, I guess, yeah, okay. Captain Plamanka goes on to be a Nazi. The question mark <laughs> I just got in my head as you guys gave me that face, I was like, whoa, who am I leaving out? Is there a Billy D like character? No, there's not. It's Mace Windu. Um, do you guys like Samuel Jackson with a purple lightsaber? 
Yeah. I love it. Uh, Obviously, yeah. yeah, he's the best. Obviously. Which we only knew about because of the toy. I mean, he never pulls his lightsaber in this movie. Um, it's no. the force, motherfucker. Like, what if he just yeah. said that? That's one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't get to do anything cool in this movie, but he obviously he does some cool stuff later. Um, but yeah, I, I guess seeing it in theaters, I probably would have, if I was older, I would have been disappointed that Samuel L. Jackson doesn't get to have a lightsaber fight. Yeah. Get I really moment. wanted to see Yaddle pull out his lightsaber in that <laughs> Come on, so, guys. Yaddle. Come on. Kipmundu or... Yeah. Um, Plo Koon is my favorite prequel guy who doesn't get to bust out the lightsaber. Uh, Kit Fisto, dog. He's like a fish man. Yeah, yeah. Kit Fisto. Oh, you talking about my boy Kit Fisto? Hell yeah. Weird big head. (laughs) Does anybody know? Weird big head. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all cone head guy. That's Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi. Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's Kiati Mundi. (laughs) Wait, Joe, who did you throw out? Uh, Kit Fisto, man. I was answering. uh, Kit Fisto is cool. Mm. Secret Jedi. Maybe it's better later. Yeah. The thing that I loved about this movie too is that in my head when I was a kid, if you were like a novice, you had a blue lightsaber, and if you were a master, you had a green lightsaber. Which yeah, I guess I thought that too. Green lightsaber more. Um, This kind of stuck with that, but then I remember seeing the toy for Mace Windu, and he had the purple one, and just being like, "Well, wait, he never used that in the movie. What is?" Well, what is he then? What does that even mean? You got to read the books. I mean, I, we we know what it means, or I assume. But it I means that Samuel L. Jackson window. wanted a purple it lightsaber. George, so means he, George, give me that purple <laughs> yeah. shit. Uh, yes, absolutely, <laughs> Look at these Sam. Shots. I don't know who yeah. I am. Yeah, it means he mastered all seven forms of lightsaber combat, fellas. Come on, there's oh, is seven that true? forms of lightsaber. That's the alleged uh, reason, unless I got thrown out with the Disney bathwater. I always thought that Jedis could just pick their own color because they make their own yeah, lightsaber, right? When they're going through mind. training, it's dependent on the that kyber Mike crystal. That. Oh, that was the original explanation, but maybe yeah. Now it's tied to what crystal calls out to you, and you know that's it's its whole thing. Um, well, I'm a phoenix core. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, a yeah. dragon heartstring. <laughs> that's <Wormwood>. right. <laughs> and fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> So I want to talk about another iconic scene, um, and that's the pod racing, because we know Duel of the Vates holds up and it's super sick. Does pod racing hold up? Because I recently rewatched this over the weekend, and what we did is we watched the scene at 1.5 speed, because it was a lot longer than we had remembered. The pod and racing It was very is? good at 1.5 speed. It's oh. long. I don't know Jacob, if you remember. Jacob, hold on. You were just saying it's you're like a Bulba fan. This, this holds up for you, right? You didn't yeah. watch it like that. No, I watched it at normal speed, and I I really liked it. I mean, it was long, but I was engaged the whole time with the race. I mean, it, it's a little unnecessary that they introduce like eight different racers at the beginning and describe each of their ships and stuff. But I assume they did that so they could sell toys. But with Greg Proops <laughs> as the announcer. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't know you that's, know that's right. Greg and you get Qua- Quadrilon, whose engine stalls out, and then they like explodes. Oh, the and- bug <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. hate all these characters. <laughs> there's old flat face. There's forearm bug yeah. guy. Yeah, and then Saboba, of course. The mean know, monkey. Yeah, did Saboba blow your guy's mind as a kid? The I weird love anatomy? I I, I yeah, found Sebulba, him very interesting. Yeah, he's one of the best um, new alien designs in this movie, I think. And um, he's a really good antagonist as like the you know the bad guy racer. Uh, yeah, I think he's great. 
I think the idea of pod racing is so cool. Just like I have a chassis and two jet engines and like some chains. Oh, I never know, two thought cables. That. You're just like I'm literally just put, the yeah. chariots of old, Mike. But what if instead of horses, it was like a rocket attached to it and you're just fucking yeah, whipping yeah. it and whipping it and you're how just exploding into a wall. And I like There's how no dangerous regulation it is on too. horsepower. I like how Four dangerous engines. it is. Absolutely, right. No, like I hate that. I People. hate that you can go on a course and weird guys with breathing masks can just take pop shots at you. That would be like if we held the... Um, uh, you know, uh, like the Indy 500 through Compton and people were just like getting fucking shot at us. They went and was like, well, that's just yeah. what happens. Well, it's a it's dangerous like, sport for a dangerous planet. You know? Love people it. People risk a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think pod racing as an idea is great. I think the sequence itself is far too long on subsequent rewatchings. And that's what I have to say about that. Well, if you think about, you know, the movie's like, two hours and 16 minutes long and like barely like you were saying earlier barely anything happens like there's like three plot points in the whole movie so they needed to pad it out as much as possible i think about an hour of that runtime is the pod race and the duel of the fates yeah oh Mm -hmm. i'm shocked as a guy who didn't watch this in a couple years the fact that you guys are saying it but i'm thinking like like joe said there's the announcer uh, like Jacob said, there's like eight people we're introduced to. I'm just thinking about the constant cutbacks where the announcer's catching us up, more times going through. We're even checking in with Quagon, who's also telling us what's going on with the race. It's like, who fucking cares? Yeah. You're seeing yeah. uh, the blue lady who doesn't get anything to do until uh, Clone Wars. Oh, man, that's going to kill me if I can't think of her name. But she's a bounty hunter that's only featured for a second. And she's just like watching over the race. And With Jabba? Is she a Twi'lek? No, she's oh, like I forgot Jabba's own. in it, Mike. She's a Twi'lek. Jabba's yeah. watching see, in the background. Yeah, you do see Jabba and you see this white Twi'lek friend from Return of the Jedi. I think he's a Twi'lek, right? Yeah. That guy's I name. believe that's the male version of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And Salacious Crumb is not, uh, I don't think it's featured. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, well, that's. Those only last like two years. So. Okay. Salacious Crumb well. race. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, out. what is yeah, the lifespan of those? <laughs> they just pop out of an <laughs> egg like that him. laughing. Yeah, and then he eats him. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> he eats him when he gets tired of it. Well, that's, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I didn't know if we would have more to say on pod racing. Apparently we don't. Um, I just like Jedi. I think Laura Singh well, we was her name. We could mention the video game, which I was a big fan of. I had for N64, the pod racing video game. Yeah, I to played the shit it. out of that game. And is this, <laughs> Jacob, how you know so many of the characters? I feel like I can oh, identify absolutely. every one of them and some of the pod racers that they drive. Where I'm like, that one's got a giant one. That yeah. one's got a stupid one. Like Sabalba's is like pretty iconic to me. It's got like the V shapes and the. It's like it was two on the V8s cover. Turned sideways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I love that game. Like you could. You could dam like you could ram other ships and like damage them, but then you could also get damaged and you could like repair your engines and and you could customize your pods and stuff. It was great. It was a great. I game. was playing that game years afterwards. You know, yeah. what I mean, like that was one that had some real legs to it. Even aside from being a Star Wars game, it really holds up as just a general racing game. I think I have it on my PS4. It was part of a bundle when Battlefront came out. Yeah, I didn't even realize they had it on PS4 anymore. Did you guys encounter the arcade version with the two handles? Oh, man, Mike. You know I'm going to a Dave & Buster's and looking like Anakin where you can see, like you're saying, the speed gauge to the right where it's filling up the bar digitally. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, I've got this much life in my engines left. Oh, my God. Just pushing it until they break. 
<laughs> then then you die. <laughs> yeah, that was a great game. Yes. Well, speaking of video games, then do we want to kind of jump to a more general segment where we talk about a little bit of the other media, like video games and comic books that kind of came out at this time? And then we'll get on to more uh, wrap-up thoughts on Phantom Menace. Let's do it. All right, we're back. We're talking the multimedia of the Star Wars universe. Because, guys, now, is Star Wars a franchise a machine, a merchandising vehicle for us to consume everything that comes out of it? Of course it is. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the video games, but we already mentioned we had the toys. I'll do a specific shout-out. Do you remember that Jar Jar Binks candy that you would push-pop the bottom and his tongue would come out and you would make out with it as you, like, sucked it down? Okay, why did that <laughs> <What>? exist? <laughs> Yes, why do yes. you have such vivid memories of <laughs> because it? i didn't you think know, of it like that but I, that's exactly how i thought of it because jacob mentioned earlier that he was all over stuff like you guys don't remember they had a pepsi tie-in where not only did the machines feature pod racing so much but like when you would get the pepsis or if you would go to the movies and get a pepsi it would come in jar jar binks's head like jar jar binks there were so many inappropriate things i was doing to jar jar binks <laughs> <laughs> i had every a- one of those cans um for like two years after the movie came out, like along oh my the God. wall, I just kept them all. And those at one point, my editions. mom was like, "Yeah, my mom was like, you just get rid of those fucking cans. They're just cans." <laughs> no. Did you open them? Huh? Yeah, I opened them and then like, I had, washed them out. Oh, I had sealed cans because I knew Damn. they were going to go up in value. Right? I was investing. I kept them in the attic. Right. Same thing. Two years later, I went in to check on them. And they had evaporated because of the said heat. They fucking exploded, Mike. So they're, no, they were just completely <laughs> empty, but sealed. And I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Shit. All right, so let's talk. Up there. Let's talk about the stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. We talked about one of the video games, um, uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer. Uh, it kind of does blow my mind that it wasn't called Pod Pod Racing, anything like that. It was just called Racer. Um, but now let's this talk is about Pod Racing. Now this is Pod Racing. But let's talk about the other big one which was Jedi Power Battles, in my opinion. Jedi Power Battles taking you through episode one beat by beat, and you're literally, I mean, we talked about it before, you are the buddy cops. Is that what that one's? I thought that one was just called Star Wars Episode One on PlayStation 1, where you're, like, jumping up on Gungan bricks to, like, try to cross stuff as Obi-Wan. Because I played one where it was, like, you're Obi-Wan... And it was terrible. But I remember I think, Jedi Power Battles being awesome. It's like a multiplayer kind of, it's like a arena fighting game. And yeah. that's the first time I saw Plo Koon with a yellow lightsaber. Hell yeah. That was in the game, but never in the show. And there was, I think, the episode one video game that was yeah. trashed. It's more Yeah, I played all of those Sequential. Games. Yeah. Because I was Joe, I was could you be a Naboo it. fighter in that one, the episode one? I do kind of remember. Could you pilot the spaceship? I don't remember ever getting out of Naboo. Like you, you crash after you do the first <laughs> mission and then it was like, climb on this and climb on this and you're doing it with like a PlayStation 1 controller while your brother's not home. And it's like, okay, well, I never did it. And then there was an Xbox game that was just Obi-Wan uh, that I never oh. played. I, don't I didn't play the Obi-Wan either. game either. Yeah. I didn't play that or the other one you guys are talking about. You didn't play Power Battles, Battles, Jacob? 
Oh, no. Mike, you had to play Power Battles. How is this not a race home from Blockbuster, invite all of your friends over, take turns, and lose immediately game to you guys? This was this was, this was was probably movie nights to me. This was sleepovers. I mean, this was Power Battles. Mm. Well, I so don't know. Did that come out on... I, at that point, I only had like an N64 and then... Only the PlayStation Cube, 1. So. Ah, that's why. Yeah, I had it on PS1, yeah. And that's, like I said, I like Plo Koon because of that game. I saw that he had a yellow lightsaber. I'm like, dude... This guy's awesome. No way, dude. Quagon Jin with the like banshee cry, and then somebody else had regeneration as their special, and it was like that was like playing on easy mode because it was almost impossible to do anything. Uh, Obi Wan had his supersonic, you know, like rush through people. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. It was a force dash. Yeah. Yeah, they were pumping him out because you know we're merchandising, merchandising is spaceball will quote. But I'm watching also the uh, episode one Phantom Menace thing, and it's like a isometric top down yeah i'm blown away by that pretty rough looking i did no research on that one i have no memory of ever renting that thank god i remember renting it i definitely didn't keep it for long it was no power battles we'll put it that way yeah there we go any other uh episode one video games worth chatting about or i think those are all the video games uh i do want to mention a book series a young adult novel series that was the Adventures of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Did you guys read I read, read some those? of those. Yeah, I did. Oh, those were my fucking jam. Yeah, like those I would good. read those and then play out those stories with the action figures. So cool. Yeah. I read a whole series where they were... I can't remember exactly what they're doing. The thing that was interesting is that a lot of those were just like written by different authors and they're kind of like ghost written by other people too. Like there's a million different Star Wars canon novels back in those days but um those Qui-Gon Obi-Wan ones I really like those like seeing them before like just you know going on different adventures seeing them before Phantom Menace yeah uh, really yeah cool. and I mean I, I think it was called like you know Obi-Wan Padawan Learner or something like that but you know it was just for kids our age when it came out and that was like scholastic book fair yeah. gets every yeah. single time for me yep yep that and Animorphs Oh, hell hell yeah. yeah. I was going to say Pirates of the Caribbean have like a young, um, oh, what's that guy's name? What's Johnny Depp's character? Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Thank (laughs) you. They had a young Jack Sparrow series. Look, I love those movies, obviously. (laughs) No, I could care less. Um, How about did you guys do the comic books at all? There were four comic books released from Dark Horse of Episode One: Phantom Menace. Not at the time, no, but I did uh, thumb through them. Joe, did you like the art? again. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty straightforward. Um, it it kind of looks like what they're cool doing stuff. modern. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know, yeah. right? I, I kind of think it has the similar look to what Marvel's doing now with them, not their weird Marvel 77 ones. No, and I think that was kind of intentional because there's a, I mean, there's a Darth Maul series and there's, you know, comics that explore all different time periods since Marvel got the rights back before the uh the disney boom obviously so like if you're into that era of star wars there are prequel era comics you can read about mace windu or or obi-wan or darth maul so like get your hands on those yeah again not um the big comic reader but definitely since uh the rights have uh, been reverted it's like they've been expanding so much like once they threw it all out they're like we're gonna revisit everything and we're gonna add 
uh, stories for people's favorite characters. So, like, as I mentioned about Darth Maul, there's a lot there. Do you feel fickle about that as a fan, though, Mike? Like, do you have any interest diving into what you think is more... I mean, you know, like, if I already didn't think Disney was handling them well, why would I want to read 40 of the comic books that they're doing to sort of, like, fuck up more of my universe? That's an interesting question, but I wonder if maybe in the hands of uh, different writers and stuff, um, you know, maybe I trust that more because uh, there'll be a little bit even more hands off and that you can get more unique and like singular stories from yeah, like a I comic mean, book team. They might be canon, but they're certainly not as uh, strict or, or need to be as tight as the movies, right? Like you can get away with a lot more and, you know, worst case scenario is some crazy fanboy like you or me, Colin, calls him out on it and be like, but in Dr. Alpha issue number seven, this happened. Luke hasn't won the yeah. medal for the big battle yet. Why is he wearing it in that? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that actually does drive me nuts in the uh, yeah. the uh, Star Wars period comics. Yeah. The pushes glasses up uh, kind of commentary bothers yeah. you. It's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that there's been so much canon that did exist. And then doesn't. So now there's this whole, well, it would have been this way, but you ruined it. Well, let me recommend this then for the normies, because if you are sort of like, eh, I don't want to mess around with comic book writers adding more comic book lore to this sort of comic booked up universe that is the Marvel, Disney, Star Wars stuff. uh, Take a look at this Phantom Menace comic. It is written by Henry Gilroy, who was chosen by George Lucas to do this. He's just a sci-fi writer. He's written for Rebels, Clone Wars, and stuff. Like, he's in the Star Wars universe. So it is a Star Wars writer who is guiding you along. Stays on brand. I am uh, also discovering that there was an e-comic called Pod Racing Tales. And uh, <laughs> I need to find a way to get that something. PDF. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I want to know the specs, you know. I'm big into the pod racing the lore of it anyway well what other any other multimedia with the phantom menace um are we hitting the phantom wrap up here final thoughts Ooh, i say we step out of the shadows make ourselves known and yeah hit that wrap up back we're talking the ending of the beginning of star wars guys the end of phantom menace here uh we're gonna do the wrap-up as we normally do normies but we're doing a new segment we're gonna do the good the bad and the ugly of these films what we're gonna call the jedi the sith and the jar jar i want to know from all three of you guys <laughs> just pick one thing for each of those uh you don't have to explain it you don't have to back yourself up i just want to know what you think out of this movie particularly you're like this was great this was bad this is weird, but it kind of works in your opinion. Uh, and then, you know, just hit me with a summation of your final thoughts. Like, what is Phantom Menace to you? What was it? What is it still? Uh, and I'll go ahead and start. You know, I'll kick it off here. I'll say the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We brought it up too much, and it's fine if you guys have the same. But it is the relationship of those two leads. Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, they're awesome. They work so well together. The ugly is the politics, you know, that's the, that's the, I'm sorry, the Sith is the politics, that's, I mean, it just, it sucks. It's not fun, it's not interesting, 
Why did you bring that into Star Wars? I'll, I'll never understand it. And the ugly... The ugly is, I guess, us as fans. You know, that's the Jar Jar the because Jar Jar? I think about the Jar Jar. I think about what we did to Ahmed Best, to Jake Lloyd. They both lost their minds, unfortunately. Um, and it's just an ugly, weird space to be in as fans, like coming out of this movie. So I'm excited to talk the next ones and the fact that we're done with Phantom Menace because the, the taste it left in my mouth is... It's bad, and you know, it's kind of embarrassing for this thing that I love, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and it is sad to note that, you know, what you're just saying about the fans' backlash, getting back to the stars and really, you know, messing with them psychologically, and then the same thing is kind of happening now with, yeah, that you know, it Rose stopped. Tico actress and stuff, so that really sucks, but, you know, fans gonna fan, I guess. They've been going in. Since yeah. episode one, yeah. Nobody hates Star Wars more than a Star Wars fan. True. That's very probably true. The, <laughs> the best quote we could get out of this whole episode. It really sums up the Phantom Menace. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mike, Nobody I want to hear from you, more. though. Do you have a Jedi, do you have a Sith, and do you have a Jar Jar for Phantom Menace? Yeah, I guess the Jedi is Duel of the Fates, Qui-Gon Jinn, and some pod racing. I think the sequence just goes on a little too long. Duel of the Fates is amazing, and Qui-Gon, very rad the Obi-Wan of this movie, even though it has an Obi-Wan. You know what I mean. Um, the Sith would be all the politics and the weirdness of Padme and Anakin knowing where the story goes. Um, and the Jar Jar is Jar Jar, Anakin, the Gungans in general. We didn't say Boss Nass's name. Hate to bring it up so late, yeah. but man. Well, I said we didn't talk about point, any yeah. of the okay. racist interpretations. <laughs> Gungans being black people. Um, the Trade yeah. Federation being Asian, essentially. Oh, I yeah. agree with you, Mike. They talk about trade ugly. Trade really like, bad ooh. in retrospect. Watto is problematic. Oh, yes. Yeah, Watto is Jewish. Jewish. I mean, let's go ahead and say it. Yeah, everyone. Uh, literally, George Lucas is like, yeah, what if this person was this? Yeah, Sebulba is Latino. He walks around going like, Ey. "Oh my god, Joe! Yeah. They hit every they're, demographic." Damn. True. Yeah, George. dude, they're they're all very racist. <laughs> Except white people yeah. are called space angels. Yeah, <laughs> true. All right, I agree with you, Mike. Do you have a summation for just episode one? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Uh, well, it was Boston Ass who really got me. Um, <laughs> summation of episode one. Totally skippable, with the exception wow. of Duel of the Fates. If you started rewatching from zero, somebody who's never watched Star Wars, just show the Duel of the Fates fight and then roll right into episode two. That's what I recommend. You can skip this whole thing. I don't need to see Darth Vader saying, yippee, ever, ever, <laughs> right? Because I keep yeah. forgetting when I was watching it that Anakin becomes Darth Vader. So whenever I got pissed off at Anakin, I really had to remind myself that also he's Darth Vader, and that made me doubly and triply mad. So We're yeah, not going to talk about one. Rogue One of him doing that like awesome horror movie like murder scene, and then you think about Where him being like, like Jason I Jason made Jones. a robot to help my mommy. <laughs> this yeah. is not good. That's my opinion on this. That's my final right. review. I want to hear from... Thank all right, let me hear from Jacob then. I want to hear what's your Jedi, what's your Sith, what's your Jar Jar? Yeah. Give me a summation of Phantom One. Right. Well, I don't entirely agree with Mike, um, but in terms of uh, my my Jedi, uh, definitely Duel of the Fates and pod racing. Sabalba is the best character, obviously. And I think the effects um, the may not look great 
uh, the effects, they may not look great today, but uh, I do think for the time that they were made in, they were pretty good. And I was kind of surprised. I was actually expecting them to look worse when I rewatched it. Uh, the the Sith, I would say, yeah, the board, uh, you know, we touched on the politics. I just think there's so many slow, boring filler scenes in this movie. You could cut like a good 45 minutes out of this movie and not lose anything. Um, so that's the Sith. And then the Jar Jar uh, is Jar Jar, but also I want to really highlight Jake Lloyd's acting because that really just pulled me out of the movie. Anytime that kid had a line, I was just like, Oh God. And I was just like, when they were making that, like no one said like, Oh, this kid is like a really bad actor. Like this could, this is going to be a huge blockbuster movie. Maybe we should recast this part. No, let's just go with it. So, um, but overall, I think I disagree with Mike because this is my personal favorite of the prequels because again, in the nostalgia factor, like I barely remember anything from attack of the clones, but for some reason I, I vividly remember certain scenes in this movie and I always will. And for that reason, while it may not be great, I will always enjoy going back and watching this movie. All right. Fair enough. Joe. All right, the Jedi is Rick Olay, obviously. He's the greatest. <laughs> um, no, the, the Jedi it's for me is Qui-Gon. <laughs> he's, uh, he's one of my favorite characters. We see him introduced, and even though he's short-lived, like you do have those expanded mythos. And like William Nielsen's even said, like, hey, I'd come back and do it again. I would love to see his Force ghost. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the Jedi for me. The Sith for me, um, I guess is the the fans like i said you know no one hates star wars more than star wars and the jar jar the weird i guess i would say is uh the nostalgia you know people act like force awakens and last jedi in this disney trilogy are cashing in on nostalgia and that's all they're doing but they forget that that's exactly what the prequels did and they're like poetry they rhyme they've always been nostalgia based i mean you're seeing Darth Vader build C-3PO. You're seeing R2-D2 save the day. So, you know, kids are like, oh, that's cool. And their parents can go, huh, do you get that? Do you get that? I mean, they've always been nostalgia. They've always been for kids. Ah, Star Wars is so interesting, Joe. You're so right, because in our lifetime, I can remember when people liked Star Wars. I can remember when people hated Star Wars. I can now remember when people like Star Wars, and now I remember when people hate Star Wars, because that's where we're at again. Yeah, I really think, you know, with the amount of backlash this movie got, people don't remember that Phantom Menace also got a ton of backlash when it came out. And, like, maybe because some people that are watching the movies now, they were too young to remember what the actual reaction was. I think it was positive at first, and then it quickly kind of turned to be like, what? Wait, what? What was that yeah. movie? Wait, did we get duped? <laughs> well, they do all the faded you. They were like, and yeah. magic. And then yeah. like, Phantom Menace does. <laughs> um, here's what I want to, another thing I want to say here while, while we're wrapping this thing up. What the Phantom Menace and the prequels did was effectively change the complexion of what the Star Wars universe is. Because up to that point, it was the used future. We barely had any lightsaber fighting. And, you know, now when you go back and look at the way the prequels look compared to the original trilogy, everything's so much brighter and newer. And that kind of Jedi brown robe, like the whole order, the Jedi order was not even like established in the original trilogy. So that was born and all these fools doing their lightsaber combat, like tournaments. That's something that comes from the prequels. So as divisive as this was, it really set up what 
people imagine Star Wars to be for the next decade. Much yeah. like this podcast, it laid the groundwork for what we're going to see for the next uh, nine episodes. Mm, that was great, Joe. Yeah, happy Starvember War Sember, guys. Right. That's what we've decided to call it. Uh, good luck It'll with that, normies. But you know, reach Just out like to us. Just like watching the shows. Yeah, exactly. And if you like these, you know, if you like these episodes, obviously we got a bunch more on Star Wars. Go back and check those, like we mentioned before, a general one, a solo one. Uh, you know, just check them out. The Last Jedi. Yeah, and let us yeah, know. Like, what were your a... feelings to these characters? I'm making it my personal duty to rewatch every movie before we do the podcast. Because Ooh. I haven't seen some... Like, the original trilogy, I mean, they're pretty much ingrained in my memory. But episode two and three, I really don't remember a whole lot about. So I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching those next week and the week after. Yeah, as we said, we're going to be leading up to uh, essentially the rise of Skywalker, the ninth movie of the Skywalker saga. Um, so every week you'll have a chance to also reach out. If you have any comments or thoughts about, let's say the clone wars, uh, attack of the clones. I always do that coming up next. So go ahead and tweet us and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, and, and if you're watching along like Jacob, yeah. let us know that too. Yeah. We love democracy. So we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank you for listening. This has been, Mikey Wong Kenobi. I'm going to say Jar Jar Colin. Uh, I was going to say Misa Jacob Binks. <laughs> <laughs> we can both be him, buddy. Let's dive in the water right now. Let's hit it, guys. I'll see you at the Gungan City. <gasps> Splash! There's always a bigger fish. So then he says to me, Yusa da Booma. And I turn to him and I say, Miso no have a da Booma. <laughs> I like when he steps in some like dog shit on Tatooine and goes, Ooh, stinky poo poo or something. Oh, I thought doesn't he call it doo doo? Yeah. Doesn't he say, Ooh, doo doo? Yeah, something like, <laughs> like why did yeah. you say that, Jar Jar? Oh, You're man. the worst. Hit and Jar-Jar. stop. Hit and stop. Hello there. Thank you for listening to this very special Star Wars edition of Normies Like Us. We will be back for more Star Vember and Wars Simba. And you will give us a rating, like, and subscribe on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Catch you soon, Normies. May the Force be with you.